stand up. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Wait, 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 wait. Everybody, calm down. No, no, Michael, no. Welcome to Talking Giants, Danny Boy King. We've had some time to think about the Odell trade. Get get the emotions out of it. How are you feeling? I'm still mad at it, but I've calmed down and I thought about it, and I'm a little okay with it right now. Thinking about, uh, I, I went back and listened to the podcast, and I kind of went in on something to like Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. I I don't know why I was just in obviously an angry state, but those two can be built around with this offense as long as Evan Ingram can show a little bit more because obviously he sometimes. But this offense can be something with Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Corey Coleman, and obviously our new addition we'll talk about later. I have faith in this team right now to get somewhere, but obviously losing Odell is a huge blow. Yeah, we've obviously, you know, the past two days have been pretty much just, you know, taking your shot at the Giants organization from outside and, you know, the fans themselves. That's been pretty brutal. Um, and, you know, I talked about it for about 20 minutes on Superman yesterday, so I don't want to get too into it. You know, if you want to, like, know my real, like, thought-out emotions about it in, in, in long form, uh, go check that out. But the way I am at it is, listen, I'm not happy about the trade because of what we got, but I'm not mad about the idea of trading Odell. It's just I'm not happy with what we got because we got the 17th pick. Peppers is a good piece, but, you know, Peppers also isn't, you know, a world changer either. The third round pick is, you know, it, third round picks are nice, but, you know, there's no guarantee that it'll even be a guy who, you know, starts a game for us. And with the 17, you know, I'm just looking back at picks that were either higher or around that. You know, we got Evan Ingram, who, you know, he could be something. Eli Apple, who we've traded. Eric Flowers, who we released. And going back before that, guys like Justin Pugh and whatnot. I mean, it's really, it's not a guarantee that it's a, it's a guy that's going to see a second contract with your team, you know. No, yeah, I see it, but uh, I was look. I looked back at who was drafted at seventeen last year, and it was a uh, Derwin James of the Chargers, and that worked out well for the Chargers. So we're in a different regime right now. Our pass regime, regime, I should say, couldn't draft very well at all. They rarely were able to get a successful draft. They really decided to go through free agency. This this new group of guys, they, they build around the draft, and Gettleman showed last year he hit a home run with the draft, so I have hope in the draft this year. Yeah, definitely. You know, you could say what you want about Gettleman, but he's been pretty decent in the draft. I went back and looked at some Panthers ones, and he had, you know, I want to say something, you know, a record that just, like, blows off, you know, blows you out of your mind, but nothing, nothing negative. So the draft is obviously going to be important for us. Uh, what we do at QB is obviously very important for us. But with Odell being gone, like, it does suck, you know. Like, he is a guy where as many headaches as he had, he is a guy who, you know, in a sense, outplayed those headaches. Uh, but I do believe, you know, like we said, that, that Josina, you know, like I said it over and over again, that Odell did have a part in this. And I think the main reason was that Josina Anderson interview because, you know, a lot of the other stuff you can, you can chalk it up to emotions. But the Josina Anderson interview wasn't, you know, raw emotions. It was in a sense, calculated and planned, whether it was malicious or not. And, you know, he did bash the team. And you know Pat Shermer was bothered about that. I mean, looking at some of his quotes after that, uh, you know, he said he addressed it with Odell and the team. So, like, and people have said to me, like, oh, like, you're just speculating as a distraction. I was like, no, I'm not. He was definitely a distraction 
to what level obviously can be debated. You could say he wasn't really a big deal at all. And, you know, that's speculation. But he was 100% a distraction at times. And, you know, Pat Sherman, you know, pretty much flat out said it. You know, the, you know, the players didn't come out and hold signs saying Odell's a distraction. But after that interview on a Sunday morning before the Panthers game, uh, you know, he told his teammates to go to Odell for cl- clarification. And he's not going to give the media a pound of flesh. And if he were to do that, that would make him small and not strong, which was a shot at Odell for doing that interview. So, no. like, like I've said, you know, he outplayed many times those distractions, but he was a distraction, whether you agree with the trade or not. And I, I really don't like the trade, although I'm not against the idea of trading Odell. No, yeah, it's a you can't. It, no one could say he was not a distraction. I, like I, I saw someone said this. Um, after that interview, these players were really had to really more focused on talking about that than like their preparations for the next game. They couldn't focus on preparing for their next game. They had to talk about Odell's stupid interview. I believe that was really the start of the beginning of the end for Odell in New York. Obviously, as you said, he outplays his distractions, but something like that—that's a hard thing to come back from. You're bashing uh, a future Ring of Honor member. Uh, poss- probably a Hall of Fame quarterback. They're just coming out and bashing him. And as you said, this isn't like he blatantly made a seem Eli is the issue on this team. He didn't really hide it. That's something you got to talk about closed doors with the teammates, the coaches. That's something you don't bring out into the world like ESPN. Yeah. And, and you know, and like I said, I, I might have made a bigger deal than that. Um, it's just, and I hate to, I hate to pull the, well, I used to play card, but like something like that would, I mean, that thing, that would shoot me through the roof. Um, and, and I feel like people, like, and I asked, when I interviewed Brandon Jacobs, I actually asked him specifically about that. I was like, what would have you guys done? He's like, that would have definitely been handled in-house. Like, we would have not accepted that. And I think that's a big difference between this Giants team and former Giants teams. Eli is obviously the leader, but Eli's never going to be the vocal get-in-your-face kind of guy. And that's kind of, you know, his good side and his bad side. But the team is very young, you know, since these new rookie, you know, the new um, collective bargaining agreement where, you know, younger players are valued a lot more because of their contracts, where Odell is kind of almost the old man in the locker room. You know, obviously there's some older guys, but uh, for the most part, he was you know, more experienced than almost anybody on the team. And especially within the wide receiver core and, and the, you know, the running backs and tight ends and whatnot. No, yeah, he... he... He didn't, I shouldn't say he wasn't an example. He just didn't put out good things to follow for players. Like, right. something like, if Saquon Barkley, like, he's like, oh, if I'm ever mad at my quarterback, I should go out and call him out on national TV. Obviously, Saquon Barkley's not that type of guy, but that's just an example. He's, he, he just doesn't really lead by much example, but don't get me wrong, he's an amazing guy. If I'm not sure if you saw that Kimberly Jones video after she had uh, her uh, incident, which took her out for a while. Odell was the first person to, like, really contact her and, like, glad to see she's okay. So Odell's a great guy. It's just sometimes his passion is taken the wrong way, and and that ESPN interview just showed another reason why fans hated him sometimes. Yeah, and, and like, I think I've made it clear that I don't think Odell was even, like, even the ESPN interview, which, I mean, made me mad. You know, I, I actually went in back and listened to the Superman episode afterwards, and I was, you know, I was pissed off, and I still am mad about that, and I, I don't think it was ever malicious on Odell. I just think he was really dumb at times, you know, and, just, you know, I'm not sitting here saying Odell's an idiot, but he was an idiot at times, and he was a jerk at times, um, 
And, you know, when you're a player like that, it gets magnified, also, obviously. And he's, you know, he's not like he's in, like an Antonio Brown. Like Antonio Brown, like, he, he's on a whole nother level. Oh, yeah. But I, I did go back and look at, like, guys like Carol Owens and whatnot, because I wanted to see, like, these guys who became these huge locker room cancers. I want to see how they were in their first five years. And with guys like that, there's really nothing you can pinpoint, and like, okay, this is it. And with Odell, it was really, you couldn't pinpoint anything that w- was the big thing, except for maybe, like, I, you know, I'm beating that same drum, the, Ocena, the Josina Anderson interview. So I think with Antonio Brown and, you know, the, you know uh, Odell's past uh, behavior, I think Dave Yellen, whether you agree with it or not, is like, I don't want to have to deal with this further down the line if it gets even worse. So I don't know. That's, that's all I got on Odell. Uh, so that's what I also talk about that Dave Gettleman when he said he's come when he came in he said he's gonna make the decisions not many people are gonna like and he made a decision not many people no one liked so he followed through with that statement and probably as hard as it was for Dave Gettleman to get rid of Odell because he is a generational player and he's gonna bring the Browns to new heights sadly looking at it I mean, it it probably was a long time coming. I expected Odell to be traded. I just didn't expect it to be now, but better late than never and just start the rebuild now, I I guess. Yeah, and then with the trade, this trade could end up being very good. You know, Jabril Peppers is a guy with a lot of potential. Um, If he could turn into, you know, a fringe, you know, Pro Bowl player, uh, you know, he's somebody who can be, you know, our top safety. The number 17 pick, you really have no idea, you know, the number 17 pick can be a Hall of Famer or it could be a bust. So it's hard to bank on that. Uh, it'll be interesting. Like you said, Der- you know, there's been guys like Derwin James who, you know, last year I went back and looked at the Odell draft and Zach Martin was taken at that pick. Um, and, and which is crazy. It's crazy to think about how great Odell was. And I, I don't know if, you know, obviously I didn't know you at the time, Danny, but I think most fans were like, man, either Aaron Donald or Zach Martin. And to think we pass on those, on those two guys, and Odell wasn't like a clear cut like mistake to pick, you know. It, it was a, it was a wild it was a wild teens for that draft. No, yeah, obviously I, I wasn't as into football as I was now. I really didn't follow college that closely, so I didn't know who Odell was. I, I knew more about Aaron Donald than Odell. When we drafted Odell, I was like that young Giants fan that's like who. So obviously, when time went by, I figured out that that was probably one of the best draft choices this team's ever made, but. As, as, as I said before, Dave Gellman, he, he can draft. Last year's draft class was a home run. And now having two first-round picks, I say that's huge because we could go either quarterback of the future, defense, or offensive lineman. And then we can then go back even later in the first round and be like, all right, we can either go defense again. Maybe we could get someone like Drew Locke if he's still there. Or what I've seen some people saying, Cody Ford out of Oklahoma, an offensive tackle to really fix that line. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting as, you know, free agency close and we could really move towards the draft. But I want to move on to the big news of the day is Golden Tate. But before that, uh, let's do a quick ad. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, so the Giants snag 
wide receiver Golden Tate, who played last year for the the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. He is on a four-year contract uh, worth, excuse me while I forgot to write it down, Four-year, $37.5 million, 23 guaranteed. We don't have the full details on this, but I think most people are assuming this is a two-year contract. Danny, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, the, the problem is for Golden, he, he's basically replacing Odell, and no one can replace Odell. So right now that's like what I'm looking at. I'm like, can he be Odell? But obviously I, I have to stop looking at everyone like Odell. I have to focus on Golden Tate for a positive and I think he, I think he could contribute. Obviously, now I believe our wide receiver lineup is probably gonna be Sterling Shepard, uh, Corey Coleman, and uh, Golden Tate. But um, he's a good locker room leader. He's gonna be a good presence for someone like Sterling Shepard and Corey Coleman. Uh, but the only problem is he's gonna be 31 by the time the season kicks off. So that's a, another problem. And right now, just looking at our uh, wide receiver cores, our uh, if if I'm guessing the three guys. They're all they're all very short. Stanley Shepard's five ten, Golden Tate's five ten, and uh, Corey Coleman he's five eleven. So it's going to be a very small wide receiver group, but it really it's always been like that. Really with the Giants, especially last year with Odell uh, at Stanley Shepard. So I like Golden Tate. Uh, I believe he'll contribute right away, and I feel like Eli's going to like that veteran guy. Yeah, he's definitely a good piece. I'll, like I'm, I'm just going to leave Odell out of it completely because. It's really broken, like, the minds of people that no matter what the Giants do, there is just going to be, like, but Odell and Eli yeah. is being paid. To- <laughs> like, don't don't read the Giants' Twitter sec comments. They're all talking about Odell right now. It is insane. And, like, okay, I tweeted this out today because I've seen, like, the Eli thing. And I get, like, being frustrated that he's on our roster, but he's under contract. And he's been under contract for, like, four years. Like, I just don't get what people, why people want. Eli cut when there's just I just don't think there's any benefit at all to it like I just well like not even benefit like there's not even a per like what would be the purpose of benching Eli just you, and, unless you just didn't want him on your team yeah it doesn't make sense and I mean who are we gonna get mad at his agent for being a good negotiator I mean and also who, who do we want to train our rookie that's Eli so you gotta take it I at know. This point. even if it's even if it's Rosen coming in like you don't think Eli understands that he, like I, I said a couple of days ago, I was like, you don't think Eli understands that he probably won't start every game this season? And like, where did he say that? I'm like, I think he's got common sense that, yeah. it's, you know, it's going to be time. Uh, and they already broke him in with the Geno Smith crap. All right, but let me get back to Golden Tate. I just went yeah, yeah. Complete yeah. Uh, I like the signing a lot if it is truly a two-year deal. Um, because, obviously, you know, the cap isn't great this year. But next year, we're scheduled to have over $100 million. I, I guess, you know, that drops down now with the couple, the few signings we've made today. So it's not like, oh, wow, he's, he's ruining our future. And so if it's a truly a two-year deal, it's not going to bother us at all. Um, so I like it. I think it's as good as a replacement as you could. Michael Crabtree was a guy I wanted to go after just because I didn't even think Golden Tate was on the board. That's why I never even brought Golden Tate up. Uh, obviously, that changed with Odell being traded. But listen, Golden Tate, he, he will be 31 when the season starts. But he's a guy who's had 90-plus catches in four out of the past five seasons. Uh, and a hundred, a thousand plus yards in three out of the past five. Now, last year was a drop off. He had 74 catches, 800 yards, and four touchdowns. Still a formidable season. But he also was traded at the deadline and really had a hard time fitting into the Eagles' offense. 
Um, in the playoffs, he had a, a good game against the Bears with five catches and a touchdown. The game against the Saints, he was kind of non-existent with, you know, two catches. But, like, you can't expect a guy to just jump right into an Eagles offense with guys like Zach Ertz, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, and they changed quarterbacks with, you know, four or five games left to just fit in just perfectly. So, he'll obviously be our number one guy as a wide receiver. Uh, obviously, we're looking for Evan Ingram to step up this year. But, uh, in a vacuum, I like it. Uh, I have two. I just have two things to say. First, first is the question to you. Do you think it will be Golden Tate as a wide receiver, number one, as you just said, or will it be Sterling Shepard? Uh, like, are you talking about, like, targets or, like, positioning on the field? I, I think to- Golden Tate will be in the – Golden Tate has played the last two years in the slot. So I think they'll keep. I think they'll let Sterling play on the outside. All right, I was wondering that. And now, uh, obviously, earlier today, it was reported the Giants have reached out to Chris Hogan's people. Obviously, there's no talks of Golden Tate, and now he's a Giant. The only problem is, though, as I said, his age. I got to get off the age part, but I mean, the uh, tight end signed Adam Humphrey to a four-year deal, just like us, worth thirty-six million dollars. So. I, once again, we may not even have any interest in Humphreys. Humphreys may not even want to come here. Golden Tate's going to be a good pickup. He's going to contribute to this team, I feel like. As you said, having to play on an Eagles office with Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, then losing Carson Wentz and having to play with Nick Foles, it's tough for someone to do that. Eli's most likely going to start the whole year, so he'll have one quarterback to deal with. So it's going to be a good fit, and uh, as I said, great locker room leader, I feel like. You think Eli's going to start all year, Danny? Uh, I, I'm saying now he will. I'm I'm betting that he will. I think that might be the plan. I just don't think it'll happen. And hey, listen, I think that'll be the plan. And I don't think it'll happen. But if it does happen, that means he's playing well. Or Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman truly are the most stubborn people in the world. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I like it. Uh, you know, the age obviously is a concern. Adam Humphreys, I would have loved to have him. I don't think he was even necessarily looking at us. Yeah, I don't think um, he was, especially with Odell being on the roster when he signed. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. He, Odell was on the roster still. Yeah, so I, Adam Humphrey's a guy I like. But in a vacuum, like on a one-year, I think I'd much rather have Golden Tate. He's been way more successful than Humphreys. Um, and then Humphreys has also had the benefit of having Mike Evans. You know, take Mike Evans taking a lot of pressure off him. And the Bucks have <clears throat> had O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid, who have been successful tight ends over the middle. And I'm not taking anything away from Adam Humphreys, but he's never been the top guy. Now he goes to Tennessee where – you know, their options at wide receiver are kind of thin. You know, you could say Corey Davis, you know, could make the jump. Delaney Walker, we don't know how he'll be up to the injury. But let's, let's, this isn't talking Titans, so I like the move. Uh, so, something I want – another question is, this Giants offense, I mean, yes, we lost Odell, but tell me it's still not a decent offense. Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, if he just, as I said, makes fixes some things – a revamped offensive line. This offense is good. I'm not crazy, right? It's not obviously Odell makes it better, but this offense is still good. Am I correct in that statement? Yeah, it all fringes on Eli because that right guard was taking spot was taken care of. I would assume we're going to bring somebody in a right tackle, whether maybe it's Mike Remmers or maybe, like you said, it's Ford in the draft. But they get like they cannot. You know, I like Chad Wheeler. I think he's a good guy, but they can't. You know, no pun intended, wheel him out there at right tackle as our starter week one. Um, but, yes, it's all fringe on the quarterback. Um, maybe it's Josh Rosen. You never know. But it's, it's all, it all depends on whoever the quarterback is week one. Uh, but uh, we, I, we do have to talk about th- that Josh Rosen. Obviously, it came out last night over ESPN. If the Cardinals made him available, 
the Giants would have interest in uh, Josh Rosen. And right now, with basically what happened with Odell, I have no doubt those rumors are 100% true right now. Uh, yeah, I believe I'm 100% true on the Giants side. And I get, you know, Kyler's pro day was uh, yesterday yeah, yes, or Wednesday. Yeah. And the Cardinals didn't show up. And I think the Cardinals are trying to play these head games because everyone's assuming it's a done deal that Kyler is going to the Cardinals. Every mock draft has him at number one. And for the Cardinals to not show up, it's almost like, a, oh, we're like, it's like, oh, we're actually not interested at all. We're not going to go to this pro day. And the pro days are kind of nothing anyways. Like you can find out all the information from home. Yeah. Um, it's, it's more, and you know, Cliff Kingsbury has seen Kyler play in person in a game when he was at Texas Tech. So I think the Cardinals are kind of like trying to, trying to bluff a little bit. Uh, the Giants, listen, this may not make many people might make people mad. I would give up any pick for Josh Rosen if it took it. Uh, even the number six, even though I don't think it come down to that, depending on if the Redskins are willing to trade, I believe they have the 14 or the 15. But, like, the Patriots were the team I really worried about because they had, you know, they have, you know, that late first-round pick, which is obviously ahead of our second-round pick. But now that the 17 pick is available, I would 100% trade the 17 pick for Josh Rosen. Because I believe if you think he's the guy, get him. Because we're planning on getting a first-round quarterback anyways. And, and like, I don't, like, I don't, like, the rookie, the whole rookie QB deal, like, that has, that doesn't come into play for me at all. Because I, I, if you believe in one guy, you take that guy. And so, if the Redskins were able to, willing to offer their, you know, their 14, their number 14 overall pick, or 15 or whatever it is, I'd be willing to take it one step further and offer the six. Because, I, you know, I think people were expecting us to take a QB at six anyways. And another thing we had to think about uh, yesterday, the Giants showed the most interest in Kyle Murray at any of the teams at the Pro Day, and Kyle Murray was half hour late to his press conference because he was still in that meeting with the Giants for that extra half hour. So I believe that the Giants do have some interest in Murray. Obviously, I still think Haskins is their guy, but as you said, the Giants have more capital now to really move up if they do desire to. So that's the one good thing about that Odell trade with not getting the seventeen. Yeah, it'll be, you know, once this, this we're going to hear about a trade-up soon, whether it's the Jets at three or the 49ers at two, because somebody is going to trade up for either that first or second quarterback, depending on what Arizona does. So the Giants, like, if, if and I wouldn't want this, they might have to package the 6 and 17 if they want one of those two guys. And so, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the Jags got their quarterback, so maybe if the Cardinals don't take uh, Kyler, everything changes. The Cardinals, whenever whenever their decision made, everything changes. And I have a feeling that they might wait till draft day. So I don't think we're going to get an answer to this uh, right away. Well, uh, the Jets and the Colts made their trade on St. Patrick's Day last year, which is a Saturday. So maybe something will go down again with the Jets wanting to move. But, yeah, as you said, it's got to be, I believe, a draft night decision with the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends because if the Jets don't – if nobody's willing to trade the Jets because they think the Cardinals are going to pick at one or the 49ers at two, it all depends on them. It all depends on them. It all depends. Sorry. It all depends on how urgent Arizona is because if they feel like teams are going to start trading up and then they're not going to want Rosen anymore because there's nobody going to be, you know, willing to trade up for that one uh, it, because they already traded up with, you know, say the, say the, say the Giants and uh, another QB needy team trade up with the 49ers and the Jets. And now they're at two and three. Well, now they can't really trade Rosen because those teams already 
decided that they're that they're moving into those spots unless say the Patriots. I don't know. It's going to be confusing, and I just hope we get Josh Rosen. I feel like I just just said ten sentences that don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, but also uh, we 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 just got way off topic. We we're talking about the offensive line. Uh, Mike Remmer is uh, formerly of the Vikings. Uh, do you think the Giants will bring him in at that right tackle spot? I don't know because of the Golden State contract and you know Marcus Golden. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work out money wise, but we saw Daryl Williams only got a one year seven million dollar deal. You know, Remmers does have that uh, familiarity with uh, Gettleman when he was in Carolina. It's a familiarity with Pat Shermer from Minnesota. I feel like out of anybody, he's the best available unless they you know, truly plan to go in the draft. Um, and even if they do plan to go in the draft, I would bring Remmers in uh, to either be depth or to be the starter if that right tackle is not ready. So we're not having an Eric Flowers situation again. Yeah, uh, obviously. I think Chad Wheeler will be competing with whoever they bring in. That's why I think Mike Remmers will be a good option because I don't think he'll be too expensive, and then him and Chad can go out after that right tackle spot. But really, right now, the only position that needs to be fit is our right tackle. Our left tackle set, left guard set, center. They're going to be Pulley and Jalapio going at it. Right guard is obviously set with Kevin Zeidler. So right now, the right tackle is really the only position in need, and I think we'll get that done either by draft night or soon. Yeah, it's it's the biggest hole in the team, and hell, it could be it could be figured out before you even listen to this episode. That's the frustrating about this free agency and this constant grind, is that these episodes become irrelevant like twelve hours later. No, yeah, we we had the obviously when the Odell trade happened. I'm like texting Bobby. I'm like, wait, Odell was just trading. He's like, we gotta film now. I was like, let's do it at nine, and so we're just running all over the place having the. T- tweet out about stuff so free agency is a crazy time and it's proven to be it right now yeah i was telling you earlier my screen time for twitter is embarrassing like i've done a podcast every night this week whether it's this or simple man and just looking at my phone i feel like i'm gonna fall apart friday night is gonna be nice and then something crazy we're gonna trade for josh rosen um so we'll see. <laughs> tuesday i got off work home late late from work I'm like, you know, I'm going to go with my brothers. I haven't been over there in a couple of weeks. You know, go over there for five minutes, and I get Ian Rappaport notification. This is not a drill. Odell's been traded. Um, it's like, well, I'm too busy for the next four hours. All right. Uh, uh, Antonio ha- Hamilton was brought back. We're going to talk about Bethea and Golden, but Antonio Hamilton was brought back. Obviously, he will not be a starter, but he's a good depth, spe- depth piece, and he's a good special teams player. Uh, yeah, he was really good at his gunner role before he got injured. So, as you said, depth, we need it. We don't got corners. We don't have a third corner, I should say. We got two. But so I don't think he'll be starting, obviously. But, once again, good depth piece. Yeah, definitely. All right, and then on Monday, no, it was Tuesday, Antoine Bethea was brought in at safety. Um, the guy is, uh, he's going to be 34 years old when the season starts. But Bethea has, had, has been really good, and you can argue that he's been better than Landon Collins um, besides the 2016 season from Landon. I mean, just last year he had 100 solo tackles, um, three sacks, no interceptions, but Landon Collins also had no interceptions. Uh, and, and the season before, he played. He didn't have a lot of tackles because he wasn't really starting. He was being you know, used in a sub role, but he also had five interceptions, two of which were against Eli. And... So, like, he's been a very solid player, obviously, his whole career he has. But even, like, the past two, three years, he's been a really good and reliable player. And, I mean, you know, people – I would argue that he's been better than Landon Collins the past three years. Although, obviously, 
you know, you'd like to have Landon in there because he's younger, has more potential. But just on paper, he has been better than Landon. Yeah, he's a better cover safety. And and once again, I got to bring it back to somehow bring it back to this Odell trade. Jabril Peppers, he can now be, Antoine Buffet can help really mentor him and give Jabril Peppers that next step into becoming an even better safety. Obviously, Dave Gellman doesn't like paying safeties right now, so he may let him walk and whenever his contract's up. But Antoine Buffet, Jabril Peppers, they could be something as long as they get that chemistry going. I'm looking forward to those two. Yeah, Jabril Peppers is going to be very exciting. Obviously, he, you know, he's a returner. Everyone, you know, remembers him from the Michigan days where they played him at every position but quarterback. I think they even might have lined him at, at quarterback a couple times in the Wildcat. But, like, he's a very versatile guy. He's, he's, he's I feel like he's a poor man's uh, honey badger. Um, so you could come play him in the box, play him at nickel at times. So he's an exciting player. Uh, you know, we'll use him in the return game a little bit, I would assume. Uh, he's very versatile. So I'm, I'm excited about him, and especially, like you said, having him next to a guy like Antoine Bethea. I think it'll help him a lot for, you know, Bethea has been kind of that same guy who's been in the league for a long time and he's played around in different positions. Yeah, but obviously uh, the the defense, he's not young, but Antoine Bethea, as once again, will mentor. But those two have cleared up the safety issues. So right now our safeties are basically set. Now all we need is to really get another corner. You can argue another linebacker. But we also filled in a hole on our defensive line today as well with Marcus Golden. Yeah, what do you think about Marcus Golden? I'm a fan of him. Obviously, he's, he, he's had injuries the past two years. But just like Antoine Fea, he had his best year under our defensive coordinator, James Betcher. As I saw you, uh, your Simple Man Radio posted, uh, Giants to all Cardinals defenders right now is uh, Liam Neeson saying, I will find you. So I believe the Giants are hunting down every Cardinals defender just hoping <laughs> they can have the same success under uh, James Betcher again. Yeah, James Betcher and then Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles in Tampa are just trying to get every single Cardinals player that has been on the team for the past five years. I mean, who who did the Bucks get that we were going? Oh, Deion Buchanan, and I feel like there's somebody else. Uh, I think it was only Deion Buchanan. I think everyone was le- – us us two teams were going after Tyron Mafayu, but he that said, yeah. now nah, I'm going to go join the Chiefs really quickly. So we're all like, oh, you just left us out here in the dust like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, that Cardinals team had a little bit of magic, so we're going to just try and completely remake it. Uh, which I think Kareem Martin still is still in the books. Oh, yes, he is. And, I mean, also, I mean, I remember that Cardinals game very well. It was uh, Christmas Eve when they played the Giants and made us look like a fool. So, I mean, they made us look bad, so maybe they'll help us look good. Yeah, definitely. What about Josh Morrow? Is he, is he coming back? I don't, I don't think he is. No, I don't think – I don't think – I believe he's a free agent. Or is he? Yeah. Let, let me go look. I'll use the power of the internet really quickly. All right. Um, yeah, but listen, I, I said earlier, he's average. But average improves our defense right now because we have nobody in pass rush, especially with Vernon gone. Morrow's so, a free agent. Okay. So, on, you know, we might end up even bringing him back. But on a one-year deal, it's kind of a why not, you know, prove it kind of thing. I like it uh, because, like I said, average improves our defense right now. So, right now in the front seven, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, and obviously him and B.J. Hill will now be our rushers. So, obviously, B.J. Hill, I believe he'll morph into something very good this year. He'll take the jump, and uh, Marcus Golden will help him uh, help him finally be able to get some sacks, and once again, hopefully he can have a, be- a great year under James Betcher. Yeah, the front seven is going to be very reliant on last year's draft class. You know, Lorenzo Carter, B.J. Hill, uh, Tay Davis in the middle. 
Uh, and even RJ McIntosh, you know, he was out all last year on IR, you know, to see what he is. You know, he was a decent uh, player at the University of Miami. So it's going to be uh, Dalvin Tomlinson from a couple of years ago. Uh, so our our front seven is extremely reliant on our young guys and obviously Alec Ogletree there to, you know, lead the way. And once again, this is a very defensive draft, so they can add another piece to that defensive line. And obviously, with that trade in a way of Damian Snacks Harrison earlier in this season, uh, this is Dalvin Thompson's. Uh, they believe he can be the guy that can uh, bring this defense to the next level because he just fits James Betcher's scheme a little better than Damian did. So, this this deep, this line has the possibility of being not not good, but being decent. Better than last year, I say, because no one could get anywhere near the quarterback. But once again, average is making this defense 20 times better. Yeah. And listen, a guy I like in the draft a lot is Josh Allen. And, you know, everyone's assuming he's not going to fall to us. But listen, Cardinals take Kyler. Uh, the, The 49ers take Nick Bosa. The Jets trade out for someone that needs a QB. And then all we need is the Raiders and the Bucks to make a stupid decision, which they're completely capable of. And Josh Allen's our guy. I would like Josh Allen, but one, one, yeah, I see that. If the Cardinals go, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Kyler, the yeah. 49ers are obviously going Bosa. The Jets, I feel like they, if they don't trade out, they're taking Josh Allen. That's my opinion. Yeah, if but I, I, some, somebody's going to trade it for a QB. And like I said, all we need is the Raiders and the Bucks to be stupid, which is just be normal. The only team that I really see that's behind us right now needing a QB is either the Dolphins or the Redskins. So yeah. they could be the two teams to trade up. And then, yeah. as you said, uh, uh, the Raiders have to make a dumb decision as well. Yeah, and the Raiders might just take a QB. You know, who knows? They might just take Daniel Jones. We, I, the, it's, I cannot wait to see what John Gruden does with these three first-round picks. But I feel like it's just going to be exciting. Um, yeah. And the Jets, I feel like, are desperate to trade out of that three spot with the trade they made last year and not needing a QB. No, yeah, and plus they also just – they obviously just got Le'Veon Bell, so their offense is fine. They really need defense, and so once you said just trade out, this is a defensive draft. You can afford to trade back right now. Yeah, just draft DK Metcalf, uh, John Gruden. It's worth it. Uh, Al Davis would be so proud of you. Very. All their haircuts. <laughs> um, all right, so what do we have anything else? Obviously, we talked about Remmers and Hogan visiting Antonio Hamilton. We brought back, uh, was it Lippert? who was out all year, but he used to be a starter for the Dolphins. Um, so that's a nice position. I just want to say Sam Beal, who was you know taken in the supplementary draft last year, I hope he plays. Oh, that's our third good. corner. That's our third corner right there, Sam yeah. Beal. Why am I forgetting about Sam Beal all the time? He I doesn't think- get enough love, so I figured he- I'd give him a shout-out. He injured himself. Obviously, he got injured in uh, a training camp, so he's obviously I. That could be our three corners right there: Sam Peel, uh, Grant Haley, and uh, Janoris Jenkins. I mean, we gave up a third in the supplemental draft to get him, so I mean, they expect big things from him. Definitely. All right, Danny. Well, unless you got anything, I think that's it. I believe that is it. All right. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, it's a huge deal for us. Check us out on JohnBoyMedia.com. Follow all our socials at Talking, not Talking, Talking Giants. And our personal is at Bobby Skinner NFL, at Danny King NFL, which will be Danny Boy King if the Giants trade for Josh Rosen. Until next time, go Big Blue. Let's go.